Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. So first of all, a quick update for you on what's going on at Sending Without Sleeves HQ. So as ever, lots been happening. I don't think actually though, it's as crazy busy as last week's update. So, you know, bear with, um, it's not half the episode this time. Um, we've got new creators which have gone live. So we, when we ran the challenge uh, back in May 2020, we did a series of sketches. It was just me, Martin was recording um, back in the good old days when it was basically like the two of us and the remote guys. Um, and um, in that, I was talking around, I was doing like little sketches of the sleazy things that salespeople say um, as a bit of a, you know, a bit of a nod really to the experiences that people do have and the expectations that people do have around what you have to do in order to be um, successful in sales. And um, one of, um, so, you know, one of the ideas was to um, actually re-record that. We were very lucky the first time around um Maybe Facebook was a little bit less strict or um, maybe we were just actually really, really lucky. Um, but there was actually quite a lot of um, use and yours and references to the person um, viewing um, or potentially could be seen as references to the person actually viewing the video. Um, that is a big no-no um, on that platform. And so um, we needed to re-record it rather than, than run with the original ad. We'd sort of made modifications then realised actually it is you and you're very heavy. We made changes, we re-recorded it and we used some of the team um, to to create little sketches um, that go with it and it has gone down really really well it's gone out to cold audiences so videos tend to be working better with cold audiences at the moment then your retargeting is done with images and so um, that's been out there in the in the domain and has attracted a lot of attention I've had loads of people being like I love it it's great and off the back of that I've actually been approached um, by a, a very large um, podcast in the UK um, to come on their show and talk around um that whole subject so that is very exciting do watch this space as soon as I have more details I will of course share that with you in the meantime I've also been um, making we've been making changes to the book a call page everything has totally moved from unbound now on back onto ClickFunnels and um, we are yet no longer um, customers of theirs that is um, a a big change so changes had to be made with the book a call thank you page so that when people go through and they decide they want to speak to me about what I do and the services that I provide in the way that I can help them to improve sales um, and and revenue within their business. There's another video of me that I've created um, to go on there and just tell them a little bit more about that call. And so that will help with um, call to show rates, even though our show has been really, really good. Um, That's been because we've been speaking to a lot of people um, as they book in or prior to them booking in. So to kind of maintain that whilst being a little bit more hands-off and sustainable, we have um, put that video in place. Um, I've increased the focus on the group. So one of my KPIs um, for this quarter is to, um, so key performance indicators, um, of which I have three that I go to the Monday meeting with every week and one of those this this time around is um, the interaction within the group so I'm going to be doing more lives and having more focus on that so if you want to be involved with that um, then please do um, get involved at facebook.com forward slash selling without sleaze I'm very consistent with the naming of my various elements so there'll be that increased focus there uh, with more lives and more activity Uh, another thing um, to encourage you guys to review because I know there's a 
lot more listening than reviewing the podcast please do go over to itunes the link will be in the show notes go over and and um, review the podcast for me and that will really really help as a bit of an incentive as a bit of a thank you for taking the time to do that um everybody who reviews if you take a screenshot of your review once you have submitted it are submitting it um i will send a free copy of the audio book for you because i know that you love to listen to your content that's why you're here. So um, if you email help at sellingwithoutsleaze.com, one of the team will pick that up and send back um, an audio file as a thank you um, for you to listen to the audio book. That is a really good billy bargain there, guys, for a few minutes of your time and effort. Um, I'm on a mission, as you can tell, to increase the reviews. Um, that will help the podcast um, and its placing and its rank- ranking and everything else. So that's that one. And then um, on another note, we've obviously got the training area going live. Um, I haven't got clients onto that yet. It's just been a time thing um, and it's a tech thing. I have a tech mental block on it. Um, so I've been waiting for one of the team to um, come free to be able to work on that a little bit more. But I've been onboarding new clients again yesterday, um, which is really exciting to, um, to get my hands on new businesses and an understanding of what's going on and, and seeing the potential in there to turn those businesses around and make the most of them. So um, some really talented individuals that I've, I've getting the opportunity to work with. I feel really, really blessed. Um, if you want more information on how to work with me, how I can help you to increase your revenue, then please do head over to sellingwithoutsleaze.com um, where you can fill out um, an inquiry form um, or alternatively, obviously, going through the book funnel and you can book that call. So anyway, guys, without further ado, I will... And actually, I'm going to pop in the show notes... Um, the link to my Calendly to book a call directly. You know, without further ado, guys, let's get on with the interview and getting to know our special guest today. Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I know this was pending for a long time. Uh, thank you so much for accommodating me with all the requests, any requests. So yeah, hi, my name is You're Rahul. Welcome. I'm a sales. <laughs> I'm a sales development leader from India. I was in SDR like five years ago when I started my journey. I'm a little old. I might not look like one. I'm 35. I started my SDR career at 29, and um, I, I would I, I might say that you know I've always had like a first mover advantage. So when I became an SDR, there were not many SaaS companies, there were not many SDRs. So I was just running alone and kind of winning in a way. And I kind of foresee that you know SaaS companies in India are only gonna grow, and there were not many SDR leaders. So mm-hmm. uh, I was following I, I was following Morgan J Ingram, who was an SDR back then at Terminus, who became SDR team leader. And that's when it hit me, you know, uh, why, do, why, why I don't see any uh, SDR leaders in India and I'm, you know, I'm going to become one. And then I just followed his footsteps and there was an opportunity. I just grabbed one and uh, never looked back. So, yeah, in turn, I've got it. Just for the guys who aren't familiar with an SDR. Oh, sure. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And SDR is a sales development representative. Uh, the term is all often confused with BDR as well. They're pretty, pretty much the same used uh, in different countries, uh, you know, exchange. So sometimes SDR is uh, an inbound SDR, someone who's handling the inbound leads. PDR is termed as someone who's responsible for generating these meetings through cold calling and other channels. But if, if you talk about SDR in general in states, they are uh, they, they actually pretty much do the same or pretty much doing the outbound, not inbound. So it's, it's sales. So in the UK, we're like, oh yeah, sales development. Um, and it's yeah. part of a big team, isn't it? So it's part of a, a bigger organization. You can slot in as part of that. Yes. So currently I manage a team of about seven, which will most likely double or if not triple in the next three months. 
Blimey. Can you stay, will you then get sort of sub-managers or will you manage all those, all that headcount? No, no, I think uh, I'm not insane, okay? <laughs> I, I, I know that, you know, any time, and any time I know that, you know, any time I have more than eight SDRs, I would need to have a team leader and management position available so that, you know, we can both brainstorm and strategies at the same time. It's, it's simply not possible for me to manage 15 people. So that's, that's not something I would say that, hey, I can take up because I know I'm going to fail. So I would rather not do that. No, that makes sense. So what got you into sales? What were you doing? Uh, I've got like a very interesting journey, I might say. I mean, at least to me, it looks interesting. <laughs> I've done like uh, tons of odd jobs. Okay? I, I started working when I was 17 in my college. I, I used, I'm actually a hotel management graduate, hospitality graduate. Mm-hmm. So you might say that I actually, in, in, in my final year, I was actually studying how, how the alcohol is made, how whiskey is made, how beer is made. My, my, my project on, in the college was actually in cigars. So it, you can imagine it was all fun, right? You know, you're actually, you're actually tasting cocktails every single day in your college and you're having the best food, uh, be it French, you know, different cuisines simply every day. And on top of that, um, you're actually getting paid to make drinks. How cool is that, right? <laughs> you, you, I mean, you can drink too I mean there, there's no police or anything right so um, after which you know I kind of quit hotels because I realized you know what it's too much work and I'm not getting paid for it and then somebody suggested why don't you go to other countries and maybe explore that so I went to US uh, I was supposed to be there for a year but I came back in three months because I was too young homesick uh, had a severe food poisoning so my, my mother said you know come back and I'm gonna let you go and then one segment I was here back in India she said you're not going back you're just not going back anywhere <laughs> so um, yeah I, I started with um, I started with working with a company called American Express and if you see I have adopted a sudden you know a little bit of an accident because of those days because we were kind of formally trained for three months exposed to all the culture you know it was like a three-month training. You can imagine, you know, how much they will feed you. And this is all for the good, you know. There's a process training. There's an accent training. There's a phonetics training. They'll tell you all the basics you don't even supposed to know. But now when I think about it, they were all good. So four years in customer service, I trained a few other, you know, representatives um, who were actually in customer service. It was a very hectic job. You know, you actually take 150 calls back-to-back without breaks sometimes. And you usually have, like, 45 minutes break a day. So it was very tiring. But... Yeah, it, it was kind of rewarding. Then I moved to collections. That is where I think start, things started changing a little bit. So I used to call the CEOs of the company who used to own uh, my, my company, the franchise fee, the royalty fee, right? And that kind of helped me build the confidence to call the CEOs and say, hey, you owe us money, okay? You better, you better give it. I mean, obviously, politely initially, but eventually you would have to use all the tactics to make sure, you know, they're paying the money on time because company needs the royalty fees. So um, after which, you know, I don't know, it, it, it's been a roller coaster ever since. So there was a friend of mine who used to work next to me and he was appearing for this startup. Uh, and uh, I, I saw him, you know, searching for something. And I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, you know, don't tell anybody I'm actually appearing for a job. And uh, this is some, this is the school startup. And I said, can I tag along? He said, sure. And unfortunately, he did not make it uh, when we went together. And I was able to make it, even though I had no experience. It simply oh happened, God. I guess. <laughs> it simply happened because um, they were uh, they were looking for someone who can actually take the feedback and apply it immediately. So they, they, they threw me a lot of mock calls. We had about 10 or 12 mock calls. So we said, you know what? Uh, I have feedback for you. Can you apply this? 
And I think that was the only part of the interview which was kind of hard, where I had yeah. to take a feedback, apply it immediately, and boom, you know, that's it. And um, after that, you know, like I said, I was in SDR for about a couple of years before an opportunity for as uh, a leader came up. And after that, yeah, I've been I've been a leader for about four years now. So, so from um, you know, from um, an SDR to running your own podcast, where did that come from? Why why did you want to start doing your own podcast? Interesting question. I don't think so anybody has asked me, so your, your, your show will be the first one to ever know that. <laughs> so one thing I always realized is, like I told you, um, back then when I was in SDR, there was no SDR leader, right? I, I always used to look up to the West and see, hey, you know what, there, there's a new concept there and we are all trying to imitate in a way, you know, their style. I mean, not exactly their style, but their practices to grow, right? That's what every startup in India or let's say any other any other in the world trying to do. They're probably trying to sell them, trying to, you know, get to know them. And what I realized is this was an open space where nobody else was doing. Just like the SDR leader role, there was nobody SDR, there was nobody uh, holding the title. There were one, you know, there were very few. Uh, even even today, right? You know, they're not an SDR leader and talking about the B2B podcast space, it's all empty. I mean, if somebody in India is probably listening to this, I would ever encourage, you know, there's an open space. I'm not your competition. I'll be your ally, you know, I'll just help you out. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. No, well, the thing, I think the thing is, is that actually there's enough to go around now. And if you have True. more people, it helps everybody out. It's very lonely. When it does, you're the it only does. It does, it does. I think the whole reason why I started this out, if I'm being honest, okay, when I became an SDR, I had no resources, okay, but how to even get into the SaaS or how to even become an SDR. Today, there might be enough resources in the world, but there is no one, let's say, from India who is there for people to guide them. Hey, you know what? There's another path you might want to take. You don't have to do the same mundane job which your parents are uh, you know, doing or you know, your relatives or your friends are doing. There's actually an exciting world out here. And if you want to explore, here, here, I'm going to give you everything for free. I'm not charging you for it. All I want is you know, to more, have more and more people you know, like me, who can probably put all these resources out there for free. Everybody wins, you know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking about the future because I know there's a, a supply and demand problem, just like everybody, everybody else. Yeah, and it's and it's helping reach that and and. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, so I think I'll, I'll talk about one example. So recently, I've had a team of seven, and out of which six, out of them have never done the SDR role before. Imagine now, imagine had these people. And these people are, most of them are kind of MBA who spend like two years learning sales and marketing. Had they probably, let's say, been reached by someone like me two years ago, they would have not saved those three, two years. They would have saved them money, right? And actually got an exciting career two years back instead of right now. Yeah, I think um, when I was looking at what universities actually run a sales module in the UK, there was two. Um, there was Aston University in Birmingham and then one in Portsmouth. And that was it. Uh, all the degrees that created sales module my argument is if that you don't have sales you don't have a business um you, you can have a very expensive hobby but if it's not generating the money then it is a business you wouldn't believe sarah i just wrote a post yesterday about the same thing where, where i'm actually i actually gave everybody the same model i said you know what let's say that uh, a typical mba in india would cost about twenty thousand us dollars okay that's uh, from a from a tier b college okay now the now the top colleges like the tier two or uh, probably three colleges. So I did the whole math in terms of how mm -hmm. I can help somebody save that money and still help you get in the job. Where I simply said, you know, go and work for a company for free, okay? Ask them to pay you the minimum wage, whatever you can, maybe $100 a month. I mean, that's, that should be good enough for, I don't know, not good enough, but that should be something, more something, right? 
and just just you know hire the best you, trainer out there yeah it's not costing you're exactly. still not paying them to be there which is what you're doing at university exactly so in the university you're like you said you know you're learning few things but you don't have the application for it you you, you actually get to apply everything you learn in up to two years by which you also have to realize that unless you updated yourself a lot of things would have changed and if I talk about, uh, you know, colleges, uh, if I talk about my colleges, you know, books were printed like 20 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. my college was at least good enough. And my, my professor was actually uh, candid enough to tell us, you know, that these books are worth shit. Did not read any of the books because your life, uh, you know, in the hospitality is simply based on what you know practically. And the books do not carry any weight. It's, um, there, there are a few principles you might want to learn. But at the same time, if you're a chef, you know, all it matters is can you cook? Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, whether whether you have the knowledge or not. Same, same, same thing applies here. Right. So if I can, you know, let's, let, let's imagine that, you know, each, um, I don't know, maybe unicorn or big companies, let's say, invest some fund, start coaching these people soon after they graduate. Right. You know, uh, and when I say graduate, I'm not sure of the same term as UK. But when I say graduate, I mean, the you know, bachelors. I'm talking about the bachelor degree. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Imagine you start training these people. You don't charge anything from them. All right. If you want to charge, you can charge a nominal. You will still be able to charge them less than what MBA colleges cost. And now, two years later, these people would be far much better than anybody who has just passed on MBA, never executed, because these people would have already given their, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I get to the, the uni, I'm, I, I'm a, a practitioner, so um, in, in the field, and I just find that so. But that's that's sales. Like for me, it's <laughs> practical. You know, like. Is it, does it make a difference though in India as far as you know access to roles further up? Do you have to have a bachelor's degree to to get into management? Do you think, or is it performance once you're in that role? No, no, I don't have an MBA. Uh, I mean, a lot of people who follow me they know that I'm kind of against MBA. Like, I'm not against MBA. I'm just against the formal education requirement for for me to become a that, leader. Uh, doesn't matter to me. You know, doesn't matter whether I'm a manager, director, or VP or some some somebody. Right? Doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, if you think about it in startup, we are all doing the same role. So any, any, anybody who is above manager, if you see, they're doing the same role. So the title is simply fancy, right? You know, you might say, hey, I'm going to go to the next company and become senior VP. What's going to change? Is a VP going to report to you? No. So uh, I, I know so many VPs, right, who, who actually hold the same title. So, yeah, um, no, uh, in India, especially in the startup, that's what I love about startups. There's no requirement for a degree. Yeah, it's just skill. Yeah. Practical skills. And skills, so, you know. when, we, when we had a bit of a conversation before recording today, um, mm-hmm. we talked through the, um, you know, the impact of not understanding your ideal customer and, and what's going on in their life and their world. Because from a, you know, from a business point of view, a lot of the, the area that you work in, they are selling to people in the States. Is that right? Mostly, yes. Mm-hmm. And so what's your, what's your take on that? So first of all, uh... I think, like I said, there is enough uh, information out there for people to understand, uh, you know, how it's like to, for example, to sell to sales leaders, sales development leaders, sales operations, revenue operations, CEOs, everybody, right? All the titles. Uh, so when I was designing the training for my team recently, my team started working last week and before, prior to that, I was busy designing the training for them. So I kind of designed the training in such a way where I find videos of a day in the life of an SDR manager, a day in the life of VP sales. So that they can actually get a feeling of how their day really looks like. Then I invited a few people from the U.S. 
who actually hold these titles. And I said, you know what, let's have an AMA question, AMA round, where my team is asking them question, hey, how would you like to be sold? All right, yeah. do you answer phones? If you answer phones, what, what is the time when you answer phone? Do you answer voicemail? What kind of voicemail do you respond to? So all those questions, right? So this is uh, typically helpful. However, I would still say, I'm sure there's, there's a fact which is not really addressed a lot, which is we have to, uh, we have to agree, you know, uh, Sarah, you and me grew up different in different cultures, right? While you and me are talking today, because of the because of because of the way we have evolved, you and me both agree that you will actually have you will actually be able to build better rapport with someone who's local, right? Yes. Because they would be able to talk about so many things, you know, which are which are happening in UK. I mean, you might know a few things which are happening in, in India based on maybe what you read in the news, but I don't know the reality, right? So you you get what I'm saying, right? So now these cultural nuances, right? These are not easy to understand. So like I said, I was probably lucky because I was kind of given informal training. Hey, this is why it happened. So an American drinks black coffee right in the morning, right? So I did not know that. And I'm pretty sure now a lot of people would know because they've watched so many series and trends and all. But at the same time, my job to my SDRs a lot of time is, hey, you, you know, everybody in America does not drink, let's say, drink coffee, okay? Everybody, France is not, France is not America, okay? <laughs> or probably any of the series they might have watched, you know, do not get an impression of, somebody just because you watched, you know, enough TV or enough, um, you know, those series. So the best thing I, I advise people in, in case you want to really know people culturally, uh, invite them for a virtual coffee or tea. I mean, I think COVID has kind of helped that in the direction because now you can go to, go to an SDR case, you know, go to an SDR in the US. Let's say if I, you have a, you're an SDR in India or let's say in any country, you're trying to sell to US. Invite, I'm not saying that, you know, a lot of VP of sales would be like, yeah, yeah my calendar is open, just book a time. Few might. I think the best would be you speak to an SDR in the US. Say, hey, I want to invite you for a coffee. Send them a coffee their way, right? It doesn't cost a lot. Ask them these questions. Ask them, you know, how do they, uh, how are they able to generate this? How are they able to generate the meetings? How are they able to talk to them? There are a few cultural phrases, um, which I have even realized, you know, after talking to a lot of US prospects, I'm like, what are they saying? I mean, I'm able to get the gist, but I don't yeah. know that at the top of my head. So I would not normally use that use that and hence you know that that trust factor I, I think sometimes is missing and, and it comes down to that no like trust doesn't it you have to feel like they know you they get you and, and it's that feeling that you know particularly when you're being sold to people saying well that person understands me I think that is kind of sales can kind of be part counselor part sales in that you know you're you're getting to know the person you're getting to understand their needs and their priorities and so it's that person feeling like you really understand them Yep, absolutely. I think you, you you raised a point which I was probably covering with my team last week. So uh, I want to add on to what I was saying earlier. Now, um, while that is a challenge, while understanding the cultural aspect is a challenge, I also want to bring up that that, that is not a deal breaker. No. That will simply act as a catalyst if you're already doing good. If you want to go from good to great, you want to understand those cultural aspects. I'm not saying that we don't. We call it the icing. We, we call it the icing on the cake. So it kind of finishes yep, yep, the whole yep. thing off. It adds a little bit extra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can do that, uh, you know, it will simply help you sell better. Uh, I have seen myself, you know, a lot of account executives when they're trying to sell, you know, they're in a demo with the, with the, with the U.S. prospect. They're trying to talk about weather and, you know, trying to, you know, simply build a rapport based on, on like, Dude, I can, I can, I can realize this. That you're trying to make it up. Uh, 
where I where I come from, where I'm staying right now, it's always raining. I can't talk about any, any other weather, <laughs> right? So welcome to England. Issue, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean where I stay. Trust me, it's it's raining like 16 hours a day. I don't know. It's raining all the time. Don't stay there forever. No, but 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 the, but the weather is still nice. You know, it's 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 better than any other place in India. I'll tell you what. So. If you were to give somebody advice starting out, what would be your one bit of advice if somebody was starting a career in sales or getting into the sales? If I were to, let's say, boil it down to one uh, particular feedback, particular advice, I would say be insanely curious, okay? Mm -hmm. Just be insanely curious about anything and everything. Uh, this will not just help you in your sales. This will also help you in other, other aspects of your life, right? Uh, so I'll give you an example when I say when I when I say being insanely curious. Well, for example, now we have evolved to that stage where we are trying to tell people, hey, you know what? You can't just copy a template from the web and simply start using that because you understand that everybody else is doing it. So you will you will consider you be considered spammy, right? Now, while you're while we're explaining those email strategies, we are trying to tell them, hey, understand the human psychology, right? In order to understand the human psychology, you need to now go deeper. You need to understand, you need to read different books. You need to understand or probably listen to different podcasts, right? So it's so, and that can only happen when you're insanely curious about bettering your game, you know, making the game better. Now, mm -hmm. if you want to stick to, hey, I, I was told in my college, you know, that this is how email is written. The truth is, you know, people are coming with new strategies every single hour. You will simply never be able to keep up with it. But if you're curious, you have, and that is how I, for example, uh, you know, got to learn about, you know, um, the human psychologies because I became insanely curious. I took a course and I realized, hey, you know what? It seems like this author is trying to imitate all some few principles. One of them was influence, persuasion, human psychology. That's when that me excited. I started reading different books, different podcasts, and boom, you know, one year later, I was just wiser in all the other aspects. And now it not only did it help me in sales, it also helped me in other aspects. Now I can, I would, I would say I'm a dumb person, okay? I, I don't read a people to read people a lot, but I think the book kind of helped me just get to know people better and just be better in your professional, personal, all the relations. So yeah, yeah. one advice, be insanely curious. Be curious, nice. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is, is the skills that are in sales, I mean, your hospitality background, it kind of, you were transferable all the way through it was customer facing there's the you know interactions in the community you were able to kind of it you can see the steps that you took and, and sort of evolved into sales how do you just that were you conscious of have this set of skills and this can be or was it so this was asked by me and this was asked to me by some one of my other you know previous sdr and i said what do you think and he said, no, you did not plan all that. I said, yeah, I never planned all this. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that, you know, you're naturally, when you interview, you, you people, obviously, you get selected for a job because people can you have those skills already. They're searching for a particular skill, aren't they? So it is being in the right interview, you know, being asked the right questions to show that you've got those skills. Totally, totally. And for me, I think, it, I think my whole life has never been planned. And one of the things I, I, I always tell people, you know, every time I plan things, it does not go my way. But at the same time, something else, something better, you know, comes up. So if I'm planning from play, go to place A to B, I would probably end up being C, but then, and I would realize, hey, actually C was better. And it's not because that grapes are sour sort of a story. 
it's actually better because I'm able to realize in the two cores that probably I did not think that through B was never a good option. And uh, like you like you asked, you know, all these skills were transferable? Totally. And as a matter of fact, one of my podcast guests kind of uh, posted a few days ago that how her side initiative is actually helping her bring those skills. And it immediately hit me, you know. When I am running my own podcast, I'm actually dealing with now, it's like my own venture, right? I'm actually dealing so many, I'm, I'm learning so many skills from which I'm able to bring back to my, you know, my team. I'm able to tell them, hey, you know what? I'm now able to understand my CEO more because I can understand how difficult it is to run even some small thing as podcast, let alone, you know, running a company. So I think all these skills are transferable. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to probably notice this, I mean, you have to be conscious about, hey, you know what, there are a few skills I can bring back. No, definitely, definitely. And so does that mean that you are still a planner or do you just kind of let things, because you said when you plan, things don't tend to happen. <laughs> do you still plan See, or do you just go with the flow? To be honest, uh, in the last three or four months, if there's anything which I've realized is you can plan, However, at the same time, I'm taking, a, you know, I'm, I'm taking life now, you know, on a daily basis, you know, day by day. I'm not really looking forward. Hey, this is what I'm going to do probably five years from now. So even if I'm in an interview, I'm not going to tell them, hey, this is where, I'm, where I want to be five years from now. First of all, it doesn't concern them. <laughs> and most of, I think most of my best decisions have actually been in the spur of the moment. Uh, my podcast was started when I was sitting in a coffee shop with a friend. I saw people told me, hey, start a podcast. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then I'm in a a coffee shop with a friend and he said let's start this i said okay and next day we were actually live <laughs> what was in that coffee <laughs> nah. <laughs> i'm sure there must be something and if i just think about it right now i think a lot, a lot of decisions have been taken in coffee shop for me i don't know i just love that particular walk and, and lots of our sort of main life decisions have been sorted out and, and discussed whilst in this walk. Um, I'm a big sort of walking and thinking kind of fan. Um, but it's, it's interesting that you kind of take back to the same thing. You know, key decisions do tend to be made in, yeah, the same sort of setting, which is it's nice. Either that walking is nice. Yeah, I, I discovered that walking actually uh, is, is kind of, you know, riveting as riveting as, like I said, like you said, you know, sitting in a coffee shop. I just get more ideas when I'm in a coffee shop, but I think walking actually has been uh, doing the same sort of effect, like you said. Uh, but sometimes I'm not carrying my phone when I'm actually walking, so I'm just finding it hard. Where do I, where do I actually jot down these ideas? So. Where do I store it? Where do I store this thought? I mean, I do have, I might forget it. <laughs> I need to write it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Notes section on my phone has some very interesting ideas on it. <laughs> it's same with, I'm sure it's, it's the same with everyone so <laughs> yeah the, the joy's been well it's been so nice to speak to you if anyone wants to find out more about you what's the best way to go about getting hold of you or finding out more if you want to get a hold of me and connect me on LinkedIn my wife says I would respond uh, faster to a LinkedIn message than to her call so <laughs> <laughs> they can catch your they can catch your podcast on the regular platforms so it's on um is it on apple itunes it's an apple it's on uh spotify it's on google Podcasts. it's on it's on a few more and then it's on youtube it's on linkedin you will find it everywhere brilliant okay <laughs> well thank you very very much for your time it's been great to speak to you like this Sarah. thank you so much you were an amazing host okay 
Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.